Welcome to the Amplify You podcast with your host, me, moi, Danielle, where I interview entrepreneurs from all different types of businesses and share their story and amplify them. I am so excited to share each and every one of them with you. And maybe you're going through an entrepreneurial journey and you might see yourself within them and that might help help elevate you. So I'm stoked. I hope you are. So stay tuned. This is going to be an incredible ride. Welcome, welcome back. I am so excited that you guys are here. And today I have an incredible woman with me. And we met on Clubhouse, which like back in the OG Clubhouse days, um, which is an app, an audio app that kind of was really amazing at the time during the pandemic. And like it was incredible for those entrepreneurs that really wanted to get in touch with a lot of people and connected. So I have Leah Lamar here, who I'm really excited to talk to. So Leah, I'm going to pass you the mic and kind of give a little intro of yourself and then we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Um, I'm Leah Lamar. I'm a comedian, host, and actor, and I live in Los Angeles. <laughs> That's a great intro. And it's short and simple. It's easy. Right, I love it. So first of all, I kind of want to get into why comedy, right? What, what, what made you interested in that to begin with? I think it was a last resort and, uh, <laughs> didn't um, want to be a teacher. Didn't want to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did. I just wasn't smart enough. No, um, I still trying to figure out why. No, I, um, you know, I moved to LA and I tell the story all the time, but it is true. Mm. And it's crazy because I'm from New York. So you'd think I'd start comedy there, but I had no idea I wanted to do it. In fact, the last thing that I did in New York was I went to a stand-up show at Gotham mm. and I thought to myself, I could never do that. That's mm. so scary. And then I came to LA and I was doing commercial acting and, and theatrical acting. And then I met with this casting director and we talked for an hour. And then after the hour was up, she goes, Leah, I should let you know, you're more funny, less pretty. And I was like, Oh "Oh my God, you think I'm funny? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, you should be doing stand up. There are fewer women who look like you, who do what you do. And I think that you would stand out more. Hmm. And it really hurt when she did say that, obviously, because I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a dramatic actress. You're on and like obviously that didn't happen um but you know then there are tons of beautiful women in comedy by the way mm-hmm. but uh, you know at the time maybe when I started it was maybe fewer maybe but I started and I realized it was just kind of a natural fit for my personality and I had so much fun doing it and I loved it and I was like oh yeah this is dope I want to keep doing this this feels good and right. um it just feels like it's in line with how I move throughout the world so uh, that's why comedy it just kind of like fell, I fell into it. And, and then I never stopped. I think the most thing I love about you, well, especially when I'm watching your, on, on you on Instagram and like doing little snippets of your shows, which I need to get to a show to see you live because guys, she is freaking hysterical. Like I can't, but I feel, I, I love how you vibe with the audience. Right. And I think like, how do you, feel the audience is this going to be a good audience is this going to be a bad audience like how how do you make it comfortable for you and the audience at the same time yeah I don't know if you can ever really Mm. know until you start telling jokes and you go from there and then you kind of figure out what the pulse of the audience is and you know sometimes you go into crowd work it doesn't go great and you kind of just go back into material or you try to figure out how to get out of crowd work and then 
go do someone else to do crowd work and see if that saves your set or whatever it is. But um, yeah, you never really know until you start telling jokes because the comedian before you could be crushing mm. and then you're like, oh, great, hot audience. And you go on for some reason, they hate you and you just don't know why. Or vice versa, the person, like the three people before you who you really admire as comedians start bombing and then you're like, oh, oh God, I'm going to go up there and I'm just going to have the worst time ever. And then suddenly you crush and everyone's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> so um, it's really hard to say unless it's an audience of people who are your fans who know right. you and love you and are there specifically to see you, I think all bets are off. You just can never be sure. No, I, no, I absolutely love that answer. I think, and I think for those people that possibly might want to get into comedy, but like there's, they're, they're, they're at that point where do I continue doing it? Do I still do it? Like, I don't like, what kind of tips would you be able to give to them to keep going? Because I'm, I'm sure it's hard. I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure I'm the best person to give tips to keep going because mm, mm-hmm. you are ready to give up or you do give up. Probably a reason. And the reason okay. is post <laughs> It's not for everyone. It's just, I've seen so many people come and go. Um, I've taken time off too. And then during that time off, I was like, oh God, something is really missing from my life. And it helped me reevaluate. It's got, mm. kind of like a breakup where you're like, should we yeah. get back together? And then you're like, yeah, fine. I can get back together. Um, but most people don't. Most people kind of just realize that it's not easy. I think a lot of people just assume it's easy. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it is very grueling. I mean, it's a little different now because of social media. And mm-hmm. so you can have a leg up if you're doing well on social media. But before that, it was kind of like, I mean, you're paying to go to an open mic where you're waiting three hours for them to call your name because it's a lottery and you don't even know if you're going to go up. Right. And it's in front of other comics who aren't even listening to your set because they're just paying attention to their own material and figuring out what they want to say if they get up. Mm-hmm. So it's impossible to get good, really difficult. And you're just running around at different spots every night, trying to do as many mics as you can, listening to everyone else's comedy. And open mic comedy is brutal. I know because I've done it. I yep. did it for years um, until you start getting shows. And then even when you get those shows, sometimes you bomb. It makes you want to quit. Like you just go through all these different phases that I I couldn't even begin to explain. But it is so. It's it's very difficult because you're up there alone. So yep. if you win, so to speak, like if everyone loves you and you got the crowd like rolling in their chairs laughing, all of the accolades go to you. But if you mm-hmm. bomb, there's no one to save you, <laughs> and you just leave right. feeling oh my God, how do I not take this personally? I feel like a failure. I'm not funny. Should I quit? Should I never do this again? But of course, you've got to bomb a lot of times before you start getting funny. And I think everyone is probably bombing for the first two years. I mean, you get laughs here and there, of course, but you you don't even know your voice until, they say, until 10 years, which I'm not at. So hopefully I'll figure that out and won't quit before then. No, don't. Please (laughs) don't. Yeah, (laughs) but but I have to say I'm sure that being a comedian, you have this community, right? You have um, do you have that community to to I guess lean on when those moments happen, or 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 do you feel alone? No, I mean I have comics I can talk to, and everyone's just like I think when you get to a certain level and you know you're in it in it, you know you could just hit someone up and be like, man, I had a bad set, I just feel so, and they're like, yeah, I did that last week. You know, it was your turn this week to have a bad week. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone's just kind of, it's kind of like everyone goes through it, I think. It's just one of those things where, you know, it really is, it's like you go on stage and 
you don't know what's going to happen. You just hope for the best or pray for the best. And then if it goes well, you're like, great. It's like your right. crack fix. Like, and you're like, let me go do it again. Right. And then again. And then right. again. And then you have one bad set. You're like, I don't ever want to do this again. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, I don't really, I think community is very important. And mm-hmm. I do think, you know, I have a lot of comics who like will message each other all the time. Just be like, oh, I like did this thing, but the person who was booking it wasn't even there. So it didn't even matter. You know, like we all go yeah. through these kind of like moments of insanity, which I would say I have more often than don't. But yeah, other comics have definitely been there to help pick me up. And I guess without getting, you know, too into detail, but like with what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like as a comedian, mm-hmm. how do you adjust to that? Yeah, interesting. So some people avoid it altogether, which I think mm-hmm. is really for people who don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they should speak on something they don't know anything about. Which is like, you know, like you mm-hmm. can't, it's hard to make jokes about something that you have no knowledge about. It's right. just it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also happening in real time. I mean, I remember I used to make Holocaust jokes. Mm-hmm. I still have Holocaust jokes, but they're more like softballs compared to the ones that I used to have. Right. And it was like, who are these for? And it was, st- it still felt too soon, even though it's been, mm-hmm. what, like 75, you know what I mean? It's been mm-hmm. a long time. Um but uh, now, because it's happening in real time, mm-hmm. I just think it's really touchy. I know that when I was in London on October 7th, mm-hmm. uh, London is pretty anti-Semitic. Okay. And I took out all of my Jewish material from my sets and I stopped promoting my shows. And I think two days after the attack, I had a show and I was feeling really uncomfortable about performing because I didn't feel funny and I was really sad and I've been crying all day. But I went because my husband was like, it might make you feel better to just go do the thing you love to do and bring joy to people. So I had taken all the Jewish material out of my set. I did my set. And the comic, uh, there was a comic who went up after me mm-hmm. and he did all of these jokes about being pro-Hamas and mm-hmm. <laughs> how proud he was of Hamas. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then ended his set with free Palestine, fuck you. Which like, I, I just like left because I was basically right. just shaking and freaking out and uh, felt really scared. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't feel like my safety was at risk, but just the words themselves after something so horrible had happened, I just didn't feel like I could be there. And so, you know, it's interesting how people adapt to these situations or make choices based off of that. And I, for one, am not touching the conflict. I will talk about being Jewish, but Mm -hmm. not touching the conflict because I don't even feel like I have enough. I'm Jewish. Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not Israeli. I'm not Palestinian. Uh, I'm not Hamas. I'm not the U.S. government. I'm not Netanyahu. I'm not any of these people. Do I have opinions? Yeah. But do I really feel like I know what's going on? I don't think anyone actually knows. Right. It's exactly. just a lot of misinformation being spewed, and mm-hmm. I don't want to be further part of the problem. So I just continue to talk about being Jewish because that I definitely know stuff about. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, because I'm, I'm half Jewish. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. But shifting, shifting a little bit now, I kind of want, first of all, you, I know you're, well, are you married now? 
for a married woman, babe. I freaking love it because I, I mean, congratulations, yeah. one. Second, because I remember when we were on Clubhouse, like, I, <laughs> I freaking loved it. But for those single ladies out there that are struggling, <laughs> Can you tell us, like, give us some hope, sis? Like, can you give us some hope? Yeah. So my story of hope isn't great because I'm like, there are 170 million men in America and I couldn't find one to love me. You know, I had to to Ibiza to find a husband uh, who lives in England, you know, so uh, it's never perfect. We're going through the green card process now. It's grueling. Mm -hmm. We've been going back and forth. I spent four months in England and I mean, it's, Oh, no one's sad for me, by the way. It's like, oh, you had to be in Europe. Oh, mm. right. A visa, come on. Like, <laughs> oh, you spent the summer in Europe. Oh, Leah, you poor thing. How horrible. But um, <laughs> it is it is a huge barrier. Like, the fact is he's going to sleep right now, and it's 4 p.m. Right. You know, right. so we have an eight-hour time difference, which is hard for us. Like, I'm waking up when his day is ending, and he's going to sleep when I'm working. So it's it's difficult. Um, but yeah, I think it's really about changing your perspective on Mm -hmm. what you find acceptable. And I felt like I knew I was going to find a guy. I felt it. I knew I was going to find a guy once the, the guy I dated before my husband, he was, it was exactly like textbook, Mm -hmm. toxic, fuck boy. Like I'm in fight or flight the whole time. Yep. Like, will they, won't they, does he love me? Does he not love me? Am I good enough for him? Like all of these thoughts happen, but instead I'd usually like let that ruin my life for like six months to a year. But this time I saw it happen. And then I was just like, oh, we should just be friends. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I saw it happen and I stopped it. I said, Leah, do you want to do the cycle over and over and over and over? Do you want to feel like you're not enough the entire time? And a lot of it is about me and how I feel about myself. It's obviously a reflection of my own self-worth and my own self-esteem. And I thought to myself, I think you love yourself more than this. Yes. And instead of just like riding the bus until the wheels fell off and it caught fire, <laughs> I was like, actually, I'm going to leave the tires off. We're just, I'm just going to keep cruising. It was. Uh, uh, you're giving me like chills because like, I I need to hear this because I mean I'm a single lady I've been a single lady for a long time and I, I like all single till we're married yeah right <laughs> that's true that's true but no and no I really felt like that you you truly just like from what you just said you gave me me hope so I know that you you give you're giving my listeners a hope too because it is hard it is hard you know being single and like feeling like you, you're not going to find your person. Oh, I know. And, mm-hmm. and I will say like every guy I've ever dated who I saw him and I had that like love at first sight butterfly. Right. Mm-hmm. People will tell me all the time, like I met this guy, but I don't have like butterflies. I'm like, good. That's the guy you should be hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Someone should make you feel nervous. They yep. should make you feel at peace, calm, mm-hmm. not in fight or flight. Like you don't even realize what's happening, but your body is going into absolute survival chaos mode. For me, I was like, oh, it wasn't love at first sight. It was like lust at first sight. It was like chaos. I'm like, oh, this is familiar. This Mm -hmm. feels like my childhood home. Like I know this dynamic. 
where I do all of these things. I bend over backwards for you, trying to make sure that I'm good enough for you without even first knowing if I like you. All that shit is going through your head. So it's like, you don't even have time to like take that pause. No. And when I met my husband, you know, he fell in love immediately. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, it took me a while, like uh, three days. And, uh, he, uh, you know, it, like it, even just the small things I noticed, it was, it was the, uh, attention to detail the question. He asked me questions about myself. Oh, well, wait, what? <laughs> the last time I, I know the last time I went to dinner with my ex, I actually waited for him to ask me a question about myself. And he talked about himself the entire time and this oh. wasn't a first date a second date a third date a fourth right. date mm-hmm. just yep we're dating and this person doesn't even think to ask about me, me. Question, <laughs> right. my opinion my mm-hmm. thoughts doesn't just loves the sound of his own voice was he hot yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's only one thing about him i mean my husband is fucking hot <laughs> I, it, it's honestly confusing. I'm like, wait, you're hot and you're nice. Like, you don't have to be nice. That's so crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, we're conditioned to think wonderful man who he he asked me what I do for charity. I'm like, I'm sorry, did you just ask me what I do for other people? <laughs> uh, babe, I live in LA. Not right. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you know, it's just like the caliber of person, the nature of who he is, and what's on the inside you can't buy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he was just so thoughtful and so sweet. And the moment I knew, knew, like yeah. I knew was going to be your person. Yeah. Yeah. We were saying goodbye in Ibiza and we were living in the same villa. This story is gross, but, um, <laughs> and let mind you, this is the first time I've ever stepped foot in Europe. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Oh my God. Yeah. I was 33 and it was my first time in Europe. Everything aligns. It's crazy. I get there. I'm in Ibiza. Okay, so he is at his room. I'm in my room. We walk across the lawn toward each other's rooms, and my hand's behind my back, and his hand is behind his back. And I go, What's behind your back? He goes, Nothing. What's behind your back? And I was like, Nothing. And he was like, Why don't you show me what you have? And I was like, You show me what you have. And we <laughs> pulled it out. And we both had written each other love letters to sneak into the other person's suitcase. <laughs> Wait, I'm dying right now. Yeah, like... It it's was. Almost, like, it's like the notebook. What? I know. <laughs> Someone cut <laughs> it <laughs> um, So you guys showed the letters. To each other. Well, no, or no. no. And, and so we were like, oh my God, this is insane. We're the same person, slash, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Then we we're like, all right, well, you just go put it in my suitcase. I'll go put it in your suitcase and we'll read them later. Um, but here's the crazy thing. So, this guy that I was like, look, we should just be friends too. Right. Months later, like, eh, not months, months, like two months later, I'm in England with my new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he's calling and texting. And he's like, hey, I see you're in England. I'm in England. And I was like, where are you? He's like, I'm in London. And I was like, oh my God, what are you doing here? You know? Right. He's calling me. He's blowing on my phone. And our last communication was he sent me a photo of a love letter I had written him that he was carrying with him in London. But you see the difference is that 
Mm-hmm. I never had one. You gave him one. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. I'm glad you noticed that I gave you a lot of love. When you gave me shit. Literally, I should have just sent him back a photo of the toilet. Just like, <laughs> yes. thank you. And this is what you gave me fucking diarrhea because my nervous system. <laughs> spider thank you. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how quickly things change when you realize what you're willing to put up with. And, and what I mean by that is also like, what do you want in life? Mm, yeah. Because for some people, they're okay with certain treatment. And, and that's fine. Like if you want a guy who's just going to pay your bills and cheats on you and, um, but like you live in this gorgeous mansion and you, you can just live whatever. Cool. Like that, I'm serious. Like if that works for you, that works for you. Like that doesn't work for me. I want someone who actually likes me and respects me to listen to what I have to say. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, I'm so, I, honestly, I'm so happy for you with just everything that you have going on and the future ahead of you. And I think my, as we're rounding things out, my next question, like my last question for you will be, as you like, I mean, with all the success that you've had or ha- had, why am I saying had, had all the success, you've had, yeah, you're, you're done, you're done, Leah, you're done, no. With all the success that you are having, what's that ultimate legacy that you want to leave? Oh, God, this is a really big question. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like for people to, you know, I think the question is, so when I'm dead, <laughs> oh, God. I don't want people to remember me. No, I, I think that I would like to have left behind a, a memory on people that's imprinted in their brains that I brought them joy. And that I made them feel something. So whether or not that means like they loved my comedy or they saw me in a movie that really affected them or made them think in a different way. Or when I think about my favorite artists, you know, there were snapshots in time where I really needed whatever it was that it gave me, that their Mm -hmm. art gave me. And some of it will be my favorite movie forever or my favorite music forever or you know certain songs will remind you of a time in your life or you know I think about Selena Gomez all the time because I'm like girl she got me through a breakup Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know like who did I listen to when I was running Selena right Uh, running from my problems and and so yeah I think I think I would have liked to know or that my legacy is that I helped people through hard times through my art or that it brought them joy or that they have fame, like quotes that they love hanging on to and that they recite to their friends and something either makes them laugh or that they can relate to super hard. Well, I can tell you for me personally, from the small time that we've known each other and being on clubhouse and listening to your comedy and seeing you, you know, do your little snippets on Instagram as a com- a comedic woman, okay, you built this milestone for that for women to be to be comedians and to be funny and to be who they really are and to be vulnerable, to be authentic. Because there's so much shit out there that isn't the real. And I think what you share personally 
is real. It's authentic and it's, it's who you are. And I, I hope that people truly, they, they're going to see it in you, but I hope there's more people out there like you that can be like that, you know? Thank you so much. No, I mean it. I truly, truly mean it because everything that you put out there is just true power. I mean, I know you're competing with major comedians out there, especially men like Dane Cooks of the world. Like, I mean, but you're standing out and you're standing in your power. And I want to honor you in that 120%. Thank you. I think authenticity is something that took me a really long time to learn. Mm-hmm. And if that's one thing I could also bestow onto people, it's like, look, I'm not for everyone. <laughs> absolutely not everyone's cup of tea. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not even a cup of coffee. I'm just, I'm not for everyone. I know that. And honestly, no one is. Mm-hmm. I think Taylor Swift is a genius, but I wouldn't go to her concert, you know, like, and she is the most mainstream that you could absolutely be. Yep. Um, I think she's so extraordinarily talented and yet like I don't actually even I know a couple of her songs that are on the radio but I'm not like a sycophant like a lot of people I know right and um there's nothing wrong with that you know and so I think I think you know just being true to yourself and what you like what you don't like what sticking to your morals very hard um being who you want to be and acting that way without hurting other people and just I don't know. Just being the weirdo that you are is really important. <laughs> I couldn't know. I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, I know my listeners are going to w- want to reach out to you, want to connect with you. So share all the stuff that they connect with you with. If you have any shows coming up, share that as well. And I'll put it all in the show notes for you. And I just want the Swifties to know out there. I, <laughs> I think it's incredible. I'm just saying not everyone. Right, right. You're, now you're going to get those messages. And, I and like. <laughs> I do. I literally love her. And I feel like I think she's, I think she's incredible. I just, I know maybe like three songs, you know, <laughs> and I know people that know every song she's ever written, every yeah. album. But to be honest, that's how I feel about Britney Spears, which is mm-hmm. crazy. When I was growing up, I was like a yeah. Walt Spears and my girl Brit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, moral of the story is Leah Lamar, L-E-A-R-R <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Leah Lamar with five R's. And you can find my show dates on my Instagram. So just go to my Instagram. I always post everything. I'm in LA now, but then I'll be in New York and then I'll be in Florida. I'll probably be going back to London at some point. And then, you know, just kind of just everywhere. Well, I, I will. You got to give me the North, the New York. I'm going to look up the New York dates. Cause I gotta, I gotta go to those for sure. Okay. We're going to talk. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk, but guys, if you love this episode, please tag the two of us on our socials. We'll show you back some love, but Leah, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and my listeners. I know you're a super busy woman, but I truly appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. You're so cute. I'm so glad we finally got to meet. I know. (laughs) We'll talk soon. Guys, I'm super excited to announce that I just launched an online clothing boutique called Bella Mel Boutique in honor of my sister who passed away from cancer. The clothing in there right now is incredible. The wholesalers that I'm that I'm going to have in there. I'm being very strategic. Um, They're going to be very special, near and dear to my heart as well. So please check out the website, bellamelboutique.com and check the Instagram page, bellamelboutique. And I can't wait for you guys to see it.